This week on The Uncommon Truth, we're talking about transformation. That is taking something that's common and making it into something uncommon and new. You are listening to The Uncommon Truth, a podcast produced by the Father's House Church of Orville where we discuss Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. The Uncommon Truth is available anywhere podcasts can be found, so make sure you subscribe, leave a rating, a review, and let us know what you think so that more people can get involved with the conversations about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. Steve and Vicki are away this week celebrating a belated birthday getaway with their son Mark after quarantine has lifted, and so what we're about to listen to is actually a message that Steve recorded back in April, and we wanted to share with you here it's something that you're going to find really helpful, I'm sure. Steve and Vicky will be back next week, but before then, I'd encourage you to take a chance and share the podcast with a friend. You can send people to uncommonpodcast.com, and they can get the Uncommon Truth on whatever device they're listening on. And without further ado, here's Steve on the Uncommon Truth. Hello, welcome to the Father's House Church on Wednesday night. Uh, my name is Steve Orsillo. I'm the pastor of the Father's House Church with my wife, Vicki. And we're so glad you're all joining us. Those of you that know us and those of you that are tuning in for the first time. What we do here at the Father's House Church is we try to act upon the words of Jesus. We do our best. And so tonight, I'm going to bring you a message about Jesus and his life. And I'm going to be teaching from John, the Gospel of John, chapter 2. I'm going to start in the first verse, and we're going to talk about the wedding in Cana. Are you ready? On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. When the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves the good wine first. And then when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poorer wine. But you have cooked, kept the good wine until now. This beginning of his signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. And after this he went down to Capernaum, and he and his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. This is one of my favorite stories. It's one of the best renditions of transformation It's one of the best descriptions of transforming power that Jesus moves in so freely and so easily. I know a lot of people who just wish they could be different. 
they maybe they don't like who they are. They don't like what they become. They don't like what they've done. They just want to erase her. Could we get a mulligan and a do-over? If you don't know what a mulligan is, it's when you're golfing and you hit a ball and you don't like where it went. Like you really don't like where it went. In a gentleman's game, in a friend's game, not certainly on TV, but in a friend's game, someone will say, take a mulligan. I'm still sorry for the guy named Mulligan, but that his name got used for this, but it's a do-over of something bad. And most of us wish we could take some mulligans in life, but it doesn't work that way, really. Not very often. Most of our mistakes live forever. Most of our mistakes, really bad ones, other people are suffering from what we've done, and they usually suffer for a long time. I know in my counseling office or when I'm sharing or listening to people share about their testimonies, they usually tell stories of somebody's mistake that harmed them and they continue to harm them. And I think the number one affliction in my ministry with people who what they need in their life is most of them have a very low opinion of themselves and they wish they could start over and maybe have a much higher opinion of themselves. One of the best things we do around here is help people begin to like themselves. We help them get a mulligan. Let's get a, at least in some ways, get a start over, a do over. What happens is that in following Jesus and learning to love him and be loved by him, they begin to love themselves. And by beginning to love themselves, they begin to love others. And pretty soon, they end up being something very special in this world that they never thought. They could be. Many people tell me all the time. I used to look at you people here at the Father's House and say, that life is really good for them. I wish I could have it, but alas, that kind of life just isn't, isn't in my stars. It isn't in my script. And now they are having that kind of life. Well, let's get back to our story of Jesus in Cana of Galilee. So there he is. He's kind of wanting to be incognito. His mother's there. And she turns and tells the servants, do whatever he says. And he tells them, fill these jars up with water. And as you heard me read, he turns the water into wine. And it's water into wine that becomes that is proclaimed as the very best wine, the good wine. They be, this wine is something very special amongst wines. But it didn't start out that way. It started out as water. And I think about that all the time. He had jars that were full of air. Why couldn't he have turned air into wine? He is, in fact, the creator of the universe. He created air. He created wine. He created water. Why did he have them fill the jar with water? And then turn it into wine. And I always think about that. What did he really do here in this wedding? What did he demonstrate? I think about that. I think about this was the first miracle recorded that Jesus ever did. And the first miracle he recorded, he transformed something from one thing to another. And then just a few days later in this book of John, he tells Nicodemus, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. You must be made brand new. If we go back to the water in the jars, 
It needed to, to become wine, it had to be transformed. It had to be completely changed. I think about water, and everybody needs water, and everybody has water, and water is common. It falls from the sky. They're in the Middle East, so it maybe falls from the sky less, but it runs in rivers, it runs in gullies. They have water because they're able to fill these jars, so it is available to them. And so why a water would have to be considered to be very common substance in the world. In fact, the world is covered in water. A great portion of our planet is covered in water. It falls from the sky. Our bodies are made up mostly of water. And it's a very common and everyday thing, water. But wine was something they had run out of. And good wine must have been a commodity because they saved it to the last in most weddings. They didn't serve good wine right away. So good wine had to be a rarer commodity than water. And so you take a very common substance like water and you turn it into, you transform it into something that was valuable to these people and fulfilled their desire, met their needs, was obedient to his mother, and he was demonstrating the power that he came to wield. He was a little irritated, said, it's not my time. But then he went ahead and did it anyway. And the coming out miracle of Jesus is transformation. The transforming of something from one thing into another. And I think about all of us, and I go back to all those counseling offices and all those people that hate themselves and really regret who they've been and how their actions cause them to be something very undesirable in their own hearts, in their own minds. They don't even like who they are. You look around the world, and it's kind of like it's pretty common the way they are. Selfishness, very common. Everybody has it. It's all around us. Pleasure, the pursuit of pleasure at all cost. The anesthesia for our pain. It's everywhere. It's very common. So I could say we live in a world full of water. We live in a world full of disappointment, of selfishness. And so, you know, we want what we want to become, what he wants to show us is that he wants us in this metaphor to become wine, good wine, the best wine in a world full of water. He wants us to be wine in a water-filled world. They can find water anywhere, but can they find new wine? Can they find flavor? Can they get intoxicated on the new wine that you've become? I am not talking about a drink that intoxicates you. I am talking about a character. I am talking about a love. I am talking about a spirit that you walk in that intoxicates those around you. An anointing that, that brings miracle love, miracle forgiveness, miracle mercy. Wine in a world full of water stands out. Wine is something people pursue more than they do water because water is pretty common. Wine is something people pay for, people go after, people long all day for. And what Jesus is doing is he's producing wine in a world full of water. He's asking you to be transformed. He's asking you to understand what his ministry is in this world 
where water is everywhere, his ministry is to transform you. You might be muddy water. You might, in this metaphor, be brackish water, salt and, salt and fresh mixed. You might be water that makes people sick. You might feel that you're the kind of water that gives people giardia, like stagnant water. But Jesus wants. It's interesting in this story that he doesn't describe the water other than just fill it up. And he takes water and transforms it into wine, new wine, good wine. Now, did you read how much he made? It's a lot. An abundance, an overflowing abundance, far more than any one wedding could ever consume. You might be thinking, well, we could consume a lot. Well, maybe you can, but do the math on this. How much, how many gallons there are of this good wine he made. And I want to tell you that that is exactly what Jesus is trying to do in your world. It's, he calls us the salt. We bring the flavor. We bring the light. We bring the healing. We bring the purification or the antiseptic. We bring that to the world. And that's what he's trying to make us into, something new, something rich, something good, something you can like, something that tastes good, something that feels good. He wants you to be transformed from something very common, very ordinary, something maybe not good something that the world needs into something the world is blessed by, something the world flourishes under. He wants to transform you. In a whole world full of water, he wants to make you into wine, new wine in a world full of water. He wants you to stand out. He wants you to be a miracle. He wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, able to walk in healing, walk in purification, he calls us light, says we're the light. We get to be the light of the world. And no one puts a lamp under a bush but, or under a basket, and, but puts it on a hill for all men to see. He says if you lift up the light on a hill, it will draw men into the kingdom. He wants us to be that. He wants in a world full of darkness, he wants you to be a light. In a world full of water, he wants you to be wine. In a world of tastelessness, a flavorless world, he wants you to be salt. Jesus came to transform you, and he came to transform me, and he came to make us not something ordinary and plain, not fitting into the crowd, not looking like everybody else in the world. He didn't, make, he didn't want us to have the same divorce rate. He didn't want us to have the same amount of porn in our community. He didn't want us to have the same amount of drunkenness and debauchery and sexual impurity. He didn't think in our world, in our, our barrels, that we would have the same amount of lying going on as the world has. In a world full of lies, he wants to make you someone filled with truth. In a world full of death, he wants to make you someone filled with life. In a world full of sorrow, he wants to make you someone filled with joy, goodness. In a world full of fretting, especially during the coronavirus. In a world full of panic and, and paranoia, he wants to make you a barrel full of peace and patience and kindness and goodness. He wants to fill you with transforming power from on high that will change you and cause you to be born again in the Spirit 
and then to, for you to go out and cause others to be born again in the Spirit. He wants to transform you, a very normal, just like everybody else person, into someone that's nothing like everybody else. Are you, are you with me? Are you following me? Are you hearing the exciting news that Jesus came to change you? Jesus came to build you. He came to put you together. He came to correct the things you've done wrong. He came to turn you to the direction that's right from the way you were going. He came to call you to himself, to prepare a place for you, to adopt you, graft you in, make you part of the community came to make you a body part. He came to make you an armor, an, a piece of the armor. He came to make you new wine in a world full of water. To stand out for your love for one another. If you read the epistles of the Bible, you'll see that every epistle commends those they're writing to for their love for one another. Every one for their love for one another and their belief in who God sent for them. And he came to bring you, a person that maybe has lacked being loved, and he wants to transform you into somebody that's fully loved. He maybe someone unlovable into someone very lovable. He wants to transform you. When you hear transformation around here at the Father's House, School of Transformation, we are trying to introduce you to the power that came to the wedding at Cana of Galilee. The power that transformed water into wine. Did you notice in the story, there was no great ceremony. There was no great movement of hominy nabisco. No, no great words. No abracadabras. No great motion. He just said, fill it up. Now take some to the steward, the head waiter. He just wants a chance to transform you. Lift you up a person full of gossip and slander to a person who would never gossip and slander, a person full of thievery and, or, or larceny into a person that would never steal or lie. He wants to transform you into somebody that you can look in the mirror and say, I kind of like who I've become. I'm so much different than I used to be. Jesus wants to do this for you. And guess what? What's really exciting? He said to his mother, it's not my time. I got really good news for you. It's his time. This very day. April 1st, 2020. It is his time. He's calling on you. You're afraid. You're alone. You're lonely. He came to fill your life with people. You're desperate. He came to give you peace and rest for your soul. He came to make you one of his people, a peculiar treasure to him for his own creation, for his own friendship, for his own pleasure. He made you his happy thought. He wants to transform you. He wants to cause you to be born again in the spirit. It couldn't be clearer when you read Jesus. If I could beg you to do anything, I beg you to read the words of Jesus. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care if you can quote every psalm there is by memory, every proverb. If you know all of the stories of the old covenant stories, they are wonderful, but they will tell you alone that Jesus, the coming Messiah, the coming Lamb, 
has come to make all things brand new. He's come to make you brand new. Building you a mansion. Make you a stone in his wall. To build the wall with you as a living stone in the temple of God. He's come to transform you from someone that's trampled on out there in the world to someone that is carried and cared for. He's come to make you wine in a world that's full of water, to make you a spectacle in a world that everyone looks the same. He's come to make you a light in a dark world. He's come to make you salt in a flavorless world. He's come to give you joy in a a world that is filled with fear. And he's come to love you and put you in a community of love in a world where love is an afterthought. Love is an emotion instead of an action. Love looks like something. And he came to give you love, help you love, and help you be loved. Make you someone who can look in the mirror and be proud of themselves. This is what Jesus came to do. And on that day, he said, it's not my time. But guess what? I already told you this, but it's exciting. I'm going to say it again. Today is his time. Fact is, today could be your time. I'm calling on you. Come forward. Rush into the arms of Jesus. Get up from the life you're living. Let go of the things you're trusting in. And put your faith in Jesus Christ. All of you who read the Bible, read the Gospels. Concentrate on the red letters. Read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and you will see that who came to the earth, this Emmanuel came to transform us, and his coming out miracle to the world was changing one thing into another thing. One very common and ordinary thing into one very special thing that was called the best. And he wants to change you, a very common and ordinary human. Most of you have the same amount of arms, legs, eyes, nose, ears. And he wants to make you something very special. He wants to make you something stand out. He wants to make you something of a spectacle in this world. Give you tasks to do for him. He will let you work for him. And he will let your pay come from him. He will let your blessing come from him. You will be filled with the glory of God. Run to him. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And when you've done that, read it again. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And after you've done it twice, Twice, all the way through. Not studying it, not trying to find how it works for what you believe or how you want it to be. Just listen to what he says and how it's supposed to be. And after you've done it twice, just do it again. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just read them a third time. And for good measure when you've done that, read them a fourth time. I'm telling you, these words alone, they will all by themselves begin to transform you. But fall on your knees and cry out to Jesus and give your life to him. Begin a relationship with him and ask him to do a miracle in you that will transform you from something very calm, very common, like water in the world, like a world full of water, and transform you into the best wine in a water-filled world. I've let him do that for me, and I'm still being transformed. But i got to tell you, I've come far, pilgrim from who I used to be. I've come far from the hate I had for myself and the disappointment from the liar and angry young man I was. I have come so far in forgiveness and love and mercy 
I have received more than I ever deserved. And I have learned to give more than I ever thought I would be able to. And my life is rich and it's full of flavor and it's full of light and it's full of goodness and it's full of living water. Not this common water. It's full of living water from on high. I stand on the rock. I read the words of Jesus and I act upon them. Would you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Do the whole thing with me four times. Let it begin to change you. Begin to worship him for who he says he is and let him transform you and cause you to be born again. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. My name is Steve Orsillo and I come to you tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He sent me to you to tell you this incredible story from Cana of Galilee in the book of John. John told us this story on purpose. It's the coming out miracle of Jesus Christ. And he wants to do a coming out miracle in your life. He wants to start giving you the character you could love. He wants to start giving you the peace that you can live with. He wants to give you the knowledge of your own forgiveness so that you can then forgive others and release them from the prison they're held in. So come with me. Let's pray. Let's pray and ask Jesus to cause us to be born again. Let's let him do this miracle. Let's surrender. Let's yield. I surrender. Pray with me. Jesus, I surrender. I give my life to you today. I ask you to forgive my sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. Father, I ask you to receive me as a son or a daughter and be a father to me and let me see your hand of mercy upon me I give my life to you I ask that I could be born again and made brand new in the twinkling of an eye as quickly as this water was turned into wine turn me into a person filled with your spirit, who begins to love myself and love others. Would you pray that tonight? Would you pray that by everything I just said? Just say, Amen, Jesus. In your name, Jesus. Say it. In your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give your life to him. Don't do religious experiments. Don't do religious exercises, but give your life to him. Come running to your father in heaven, your father who art in heaven, and let his kingdom come to you. Let his will be done. His will is total transformation. Let his will be done in you. I'm begging you. Become my brother. Become my sister. Come join me. Be joined together with our body if you, if you live around here and give your life to Jesus. And let's walk shoulder to shoulder in this life and help each other get through. Amen? God bless you and thank you so much for listening to me. I thank you that you let me speak into your life tonight. And for those of you that stayed with me, I pray with all my heart that you're blessed by it. 
that His Spirit touches you. He is the King of glory. He is Lord over all of the earth. And He, tur- and he came to make you something special. A special wine in a world full of water. And no one's ever going to ignore that again. If you submit yourself to Him. God bless you all. I love you, Father's house. And all of you who joined us tonight, God bless you. Amen.